Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Good evening, Ted. It's great to be with you again, isn't it? It is indeed, Aidan. And in a packed programme tonight, I shall be having a word with the man who goes in for meditation because he thinks it's better than sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> and I'll be talking to the man who invented the zip fastener, who was today honoured with a lifetime peerage. He will now be known as the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? It must be April the 1st or something. Ron, the oh, two Ronnies. I, I love the two Ronnies. And they, the, the, one of the big the best bits of the show was always that opening thing where they said, in a packed programme tonight. Yes, and at the oh. end, and finally we bring you news that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was great. Oh, dear. Anyway, there you go. We're, we're, we're into whatever works. It is the 1st of April, but we're going to ignore that. We did actually think about, didn't we, Aidan, doing some sort of stupid prank. Then we realised that, actually, we hated all that stupid prank stuff. We, we did, but you know what's really... What I think we both found very s- surreal and, 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 and fascinating, Ted, was that before we decided we actually didn't like pranks and shouldn't do it in the first place... I mean, we wanted to come up with a mad idea. We wanted to just share a joke with you all, good listeners, and say, you know, we've discovered this wonderful item and review it, and you'll all see through it like cellophane, and we'd have a laugh together. And I said, first of all, to you, Ted, didn't I? Oh, how about a car that runs on coffee grinds? That would be fun. Let's pretend we found a car that... And blow me, I found one on the web. (laughs) Somebody's already done it. And then you had an idea thereafter, didn't you? What was yours? Um, what was that one? A I, laptop. I, you got to Yeah, a laptop that runs on AAs. And I thought, yeah, that would be a good prank. And then, sure enough, about 10 years ago, when you searched the web, someone's done it. And I suppose no one's done it recently. But anyway, we, we just thought the whole thing was The whole stupid. thing was. I mean, I remember you said, hey, how about cooking eggs with sound? That sounds mental. Oh, yeah. And then I found a YouTube video of some guy trying to boil an egg using sound. So there you go, folks. What, yeah. You know, whatever mad idea you come up with, someone's already done it. Happy yeah. April 1st, everyone. Indeed. Um, let's ignore that and move on. It's show 159. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we're going to talk about today. And don't forget the MeWe group. Thank you, everyone, for chipping in there. That's been really good of you. And and also a um, specific reminder for the Amazon link, pretty please. Um, this month, um, for the second month running, I didn't get reach the threshold to get any money um, out of Amazon. I know that's not your responsibility, dear listener, but I just thought I'd throw out another reminder to help you, um, to, to ask you to help me keep going with the pennies from Amazon because it's really quite helpful for me going forward. Um, I do get a small percentage of what you buy and it makes no difference to you. You just need to go in through my link which is, uh, what is it? tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK and then that's a real help so thank you so much. Talking of MeWe we had a discussion. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, I know, my chair. Your chair and, and the bolts falling yeah, out on the yeah, floor, the yes. Ian Barton says what you want to do is get this stuff called lock tight thread locker. And what you do is you put this stuff on your threads of your bolts and 
um, it, it basically will stick them there forever. But you can get them off. And I think we kind of touched on that last time. Um, and Chris Kelly jumped on there and also said there are, there are a number of Loctite speciality glues um, and for various grades of thread lock. Um, there's a red permanent one that grips very tightly and needs a blowtorch to remove. <laughs> or there's a blue removable one which just needs a committed swing of a tool to crack. So, yeah, thanks, Ian and Chris. Um, some good options there from Loctite. As always, they're it, the glue people. They are indeed. It does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you imagine, I presume a, a nut will come undone because gradually over time, slight vibrations will eventually cause it to work loose, yeah. where a little bit of glue would hold that and stop it from happening. On the other hand, if yeah. you put a ruddy great monkey wrench on and press with all your might, you're going to undo it. So... Or you yeah. could split the lock. You could split the bolt. That's the danger. Yes. Is that you turn it and it actually breaks the bolt in place. So so presumably that's where the red and the blue comes in. Yes. That, yeah. Use a blue one if you do want to get it off. Red if you never want to remove it ever again, like on the fourth bridge. Yes, it's sort of the, the matrix for chair nuts, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> Red or blue? Steve Litchfield brings us a motion sensor light for outdoors. Ted, says Steve, with regard to your outdoor light for parking your moped in the dark. We talked about this in the last show too, didn't we? You need this, says Steve. We have two and they're brilliant. They come on for motion, they turn themselves off again and they use replaceable batteries, though big ones, size D, four of which are needed. Yeah, we talked, yeah. didn't we, about uh, you, you, you and indeed I, a few Remember, I got very excited because I'd bought what I thought was a motion detecting light from a garden centre from a real shop yeah, with yeah. real money with my own hands. And I buggered it up. I buggered up the purchase and bought the wrong thing. Uh, and Steve is very kindly offering an alternative to you at £32. It's not cheap. But, now, when, um, when, Steve, when Steve came on the show, he brought these on. This must have been a couple of years ago. And I actually bought one of these for my dad's front door. And, ah. I'd, forgo- I, and I'd forgotten all about it, to be honest. But actually, it wouldn't suit my purposes. So thank you, Steve, but not on this occasion. It doesn't really help me. It's too big and bulky, and you also need something to screw it to. Whereas I've got a static here with plastic... Um, you know, plastic uh, veranda and you, you just, there's nothing solid to screw right. it to. So um, it's not going to work for me here, but they are, they are good. I don't get to say to you, you know that light you want, Ted, you need to talk to Ted Salmon. He's got one. <laughs> yeah, but they are good though. They're really good. And and the, the, we just actually just this week, we bought two, four size D batteries for my dad's one because it had gone out and I just um, fitted them for him uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. And so it's still going, and it's a it's a really good light. So it's a good shout, whatever. Yes. But just not for my purposes. Indeed. What I need is something small and light and stick onable, um, but also AAs and um, and also kind of uh, weatherproof to a degree. Well, I mean, coincidentally, are. Uh, uh... Off stage, backs behind the screens. I've actually I found one in my garage this week, didn't I, Ted? Ah. Which I emailed you about. Um, oh, did you? I did. Fa- yes. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot already. <laughs> no, I found uh, a couple in my garage that I'd had for a few years, and they were stuck in the garage. And I think they tick all the boxes. Light, easy to stick on. It's a PIR light. It comes on. It goes off. It takes four, it, three or four AA batteries, um, and maybe just a ticket for you. And um, we agreed that, that next time I can, well, I'll bung it in the post to you, though you've I, obviously forgotten about it. <laughs> well, I think I've forgotten about it because I thought that it didn't meet the um, the criteria for some reason. Wasn't it one of the... Wasn't it a solar one? No, it wasn't because it's got batteries. It's, yeah, batteries. Battery-powered. Do you know, I've completely forgotten about that. 
Don't worry, Kev. When we finish, we'll make you a nice cup of tea and then you can have a relax. We've just got one or two more items first. <laughs> dear, that's terrible, isn't it? I'm going, I'm going, I'm getting old. Oh, dear. Oh, it's me anyway. You can, you can, you can sit down for a few more minutes, Ted. It's I'll, me I'll, next. I'll have, I'll have my glass of stout, shall I? Well, i tell you what you want to have a glass of. Have a glass of Chris Kelly because he brought some beer onto the show the other week, which had the name chocolate in the title and got me very excited. Coffee and chocolate, I think both. Anyway, Chris wants to clarify for us. He says porter, which is what we were talking about, is the style of beer. It was the precursor to stout. In fact, stout used to be a style of porter called porter stout, called stout porter. I'm confusing myself Very here. Very complicated. Common grounds mentioned on the last show, chocolate, vanilla, coffee, etc., is the name of the beer. Magic Rock is the name of the brewery. Hey, I mean, it's, it's alcohol in water, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's really strong, though. I, I don't think I've... Well, not since I was a teenager have I tried something so strong. Ten points something percent, wasn't it? Mm. It's ludicrous. For a we beer? Used, God. We used, to, we used to play about with, um, like, um, what's it called? Um, extra strength. Oh, what's it called? Castle Main Forex. Um, much, much stronger than that. Like <laughs> eight point something percent. Um, then there was gold, gold Finger. leaf. Gold oh. leaf? No, not gold leaf. Anyway, yeah, stupidly strong beers, which is um, a much better idea than a stupidly hot electric pot. Oh, I now, disagree. I've read the recording notes and I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> this Vocha electric hot pot, right? Vocha, mate. <laughs> we, we decided to get this in um, mainly because it looked really cute and we thought, oh, that looks nice. It'll be great on whatever works. We'll give this a go. And um, it was quite an expensive experiment, to be honest. Um, but anyway, it's uh, it turns out that this thing is an electric hot pot thingy, and when it boils down to it, it's it seems to to us when it that boils down to it. Oh, <laughs> it oh sorry. It, yes. it seems to us that it's actually what it is. It's an electric saucepan, so it's. It looks like a huge mug. It looks like a great big. That's cup. what I thought. It looks like a giant version of my heated coffee mug that I exactly, love so much. Exactly. Yeah, um, and it has the spirit of a um, slow cooker, but it's not a slow cooker. So it's it's basically a, you you can't put stuff in there overnight. You've got yeah. to if you're going to make a stew or a or a soup or a or whatever you're doing in there. Um, you, you, in a slow cooker, you would just put it on overnight, and that'd be the end of it. It'd be ready the next day. This one is too hot for that. Even at the the lower of the two settings, it would boil dry. So it's so for all intents and purposes, it looks it seems to us like it's an electric um, saucepan. Yeah. Instead of putting it on the uh, a saucepan on the stove, you just use this one instead. Um, so my mum has been um, playing about with this, and she's been boiling eggs in it. So she put some water in it, um, and it, it actually comes comes with a, an egg holder thingy, yeah. like a little cradle. And you put that in there and you cover them with water. And, and again, you just it treats it like a, a boiling an egg in a saucepan. Um, and you can um, you, you can do stews in it. She put some mincemeat in it. She was going to make a cottage pie or something. And she put some mincemeat in there, a bit of oil and some mushrooms and onions. Stirred it around a bit, but not continuously. Um on the low setting, I do believe. Um, 
and then she put a tin of tomatoes in and seasoning, blah, 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 you know. And, and it seemed to be okay, she said. It worked quite well. She added some thickener to it. Um, she said it, the bottom at the end of it was a little bit burnt. So this is not a non-stick item. Um, and she was quite able to make her cottage pies with it afterwards, and it worked out okay. Um, she concluded that it works really well, but it's a very specific item for someone who probably lives on their own, some a student or someone. Yes, yes. But, but, but then you've got to ask the question about whether it's better in any way than having a microwave. Um, a small microwave. Yes. I mean, because... I was just thinking I would love I would have loved this back in the 80s when I was on tour with with the show hair on, you know, a bus and truck tour room to room to room, yeah, hotel, yeah. hotel, hotel. Gosh, if something like this had existed then, I would have snapped it up because there were no microwaves back then. But as you say, maybe nowadays, what's the advantage over a microwave? Well, one of the advantages, I think, is, is if you're the kind of person who would want to make a stew or want to make something with proper vegetables and actually do... You see, if, if you've got a microwave, you you would tend to buy a ready meal or something. Yes. Just stick in there. Yeah. After you, you finish your shoot and you go in there, you want something quick. Exactly. But if you're the kind of person who actually wants to have a, a, a meat and two veg meal or a stew or something like that, um, or porridge, that, 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 that is quite good for making porridge in, for, for example... Um, Making things a bit more properly with proper ingredients. A bit more proper, yeah. A bit, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, she, so she she concluded. Oh yeah, she did some scrambled eggs in it as well. And she said at the end of that, it was a little bit stuck on the bottom. But she said that after um, a bit of cleaning with some, you know, soaking or whatever, it came out. So it, it's in no way non-stick. So, you know, and it's not cheap. I, it was twenty five ninety nine, but we there's a, there seems to always be a voucher on it. We got yeah. a, a five pound off voucher, so it was under 20 quid. But nice little unit, really cute and lovely to look at, lovely to use. And um, yeah, recommend. Ended, I think. I'm amazed you haven't told us yet. How do you power this thing? Is it rechargeable? Does it plug in? Does no, it no, take double yes. A batteries? <laughs> it's just electric. Yeah. So it just plugs um, in. It, it cables into yeah, the wall. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, so you, and you, I presume you can't dishwasher it. No, no, you can't. You can't. You no. you need to to wash it in the sink afterwards. I mean, I I, I ask because I'm looking at the pictures on Amazon and cunningly there's not a cable in sight. Oh right. Well, okay. Yeah. So there is a cable sticking out the back of it. There's a cable sticking out the back, just like a, ke- a, a kettle. Right. And you, and in fact, you could use it as a kettle. You could just boil water in it. Yes. It, you know, it, it's basically a electric saucepan. I could imagine it, it very useful in areas where you can't fit or haven't got an oven or a cooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A, you know, room of your house. If you've got a back room that you're using, my studio, for instance, it could sit in the corner of my studio and boil me uh, a soup for when I finish recording. Yeah, yeah. But then if you've got a kitchen, you're probably more likely to do it in the kitchen. Exactly. I, I, I think it's student stuff or people like me because actually I've ended up with it in my static. It's been. Um, handed down to me, and I and I and I must admit, I'm much more likely to use it than, than yes. Mum and Dad are. Um, um, uh, for and and I I'll particularly probably make porridge in it, which I I love I love porridge. So that's uh, anyway, it's a good little thing. Um, a little bit expensive, I suppose. Um, and you've got to have the right set setting to to make the most of it. And it reminds me of listening to the radio as a teenager. Stew pot. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Kelly popped up just this very morn upon the MeWe group, telling us about a pro-climate tinsulate beanie hat. 
Chris said, a recommendation for this current cold snap. And boy, was it ever cold. Isn't the weather ridiculous, Ted? <laughs> Do you know, I had a meeting yesterday. Uh, we're doing very well with my Christmas musical, Santa Santa, and we're looking towards doing a sing-through uh, in July. Uh, and I had a meeting with my producer yesterday. And when we'd finished, we turned and looked through the window of the pub and it was pelting down with snow. And we yeah, thought, well, this yeah. is a good omen. Happy Christmas. The weather's yeah. mad. And Chris says, being a bald bloke, I have a selection of hats, but this is my favourite when the temperature drops. It's a knitted beanie with a tinselate lining. Oh, I've got one of those, Chris. Absolutely. Between these is a waterproof, breathable membrane. It keeps out the wind and the rain and it doesn't get sweaty. I love it. I think I've got the same one as you, Chris, and I certainly concur. Tinsulate rocks. What about no, you, thin, Thinsulate. Thinsulate. Well, thinsulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I think the point is that it's thin. <laughs> oh, I see. Do you know, it had never even occurred to me because I'm such a twit. Yeah, I've got I've, exactly yeah, this I've... hat. I'm looking at it now on the pictures. Oh, and I okay. totally concur with I've Chris. Got, I've got something similar made by Thinsulate or with a Thinsulate badge uh, Excuse on me. It. You just said Thinsulate. I'm sorry. What? I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I've got one as well, and it's a good shout, Chris, because it is cold. I was out on my moped last night, and there was snow fl- coming into my face, and I realised that I'd lost my visor for re- reasons I won't bore you with, but I-, I was actually having trouble seeing. I had to slow down because it was snowing in my face. It only snowed for about half an hour, but um, uh, I think they've had it worse up north um, in Scotland and what have you. So It yeah. is absolutely crazy, and as I look out of the window now, it's gloriously sunny and looks yeah, beautiful yeah. although I'm sure it would freeze the whatever off or whatever if I were to step out there now. Mad, mad. Right, we're on Tech Corner now because I bought a pair of speakers. Um, speakers? You've never bought speakers before, Ted. This would <laughs> but be they're not. But they're not Bluetooth speakers which is my normal thing. What I realised was that when my speaker that I got for my computer, my PC setup, my desktop... Mm-hmm. It's just crap. It's old and crap and knackered and doesn't it's, it doesn't give a pleasing output. Right. So I thought I'll find some new ones. And I remembered ones that um, that Gareth had bought to Tech Addicts ages ago, and they're made by Razor and they're called Nomo Nomo Two, and they're really nice. I don't even dare turn them up <laughs> past about twenty five percent down at the static. Um, so really, really nice speakers. They're, they're they're surprisingly big. They're really bassy on the platter of the right hand one there's actually a bass knob yes good... i can see two real proper knobs i'm yeah, loving the look yeah. of this so the right one is the volume and the left is the bass and, and that bass just winds them up amazingly well um there's a 3.5 millimeter out to pc so there's no usb going on here old-fashioned three and a half millimeter um there's also on the right one a three and a half millimeter out so you can actually do what I'm doing now, which is plug it into the back of the speaker to listen on headphones right. if you want to. Yes. Um, there's an also a three and a half millimeter in, which you can then plug in um, a, 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 another oh, device wonderful. to, to yeah, yeah, play yeah. music through. So you, obviously, you, if it's a phone, you need a three point five millimeter out to do that with. Yes, but um, wow, but, uh, yeah. it sounds like heaven for Steve Litchfield. All this oh, three point five everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, so the, the two hook up together by a cable. There's no wireless anything going on here. Um, they've got these big rear-facing base ports, and um, just just stunning. They're really, really good, really powerful, amazing volume, amazing bass. Um, 89 quid they are, so they're not cheap, 
But you could easily pay 89 quid for um, a pair of these. Yes, indeed. And they, and they sound fantastic. I was going to say, um, is it a pleasing output? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Absolutely. <clears throat> you can also get a chroma version, the Razor Chroma, which has got flashing lights all over it. Oh, um, or there's another one for 500 quid, which has got a tweeter and a woofer. But these are... Uh, you really don't need all that crap. You know, no, these are, I'm also amused by the fact that here I'm looking at Amazon, they're described as gaming speakers, as if yeah, there's any yeah. sort of specificity... For gamers. I mean, speakers are speakers yeah. are speakers. Um, well, yeah. Wow. You, they do look could, lovely, you, Ted. I think it's because of the, the Razer oh, the, um, uh, spe- Specialized. Oh, I see. Game. OK, yeah. fair enough. So, but, but yeah, they're really, really nice. They're lovely sound. And as I say, I don't dare wind them up here. I'll wait, I'll wait till everyone's gone away for the weekend or whatever. And um, and give it a blast. <laughs> very, they are. They do look very lovely, Ted. I mean, as you know, I've got my studio set up, and I've got Adam Audio speakers, um, which I won't even tell you what they cost. And so I'm very happy. But for 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 normal, sensible people who just need PC speakers, <laughs> these do look, and they look lovely. I mean, they look attractive as well, like two goggle-eyed staring at you from your desk. They're surprisingly big. They're huge. They stand at the height. Um, they're about a foot off the desk. Oh, fabulous. And and the the from the from the front to the back the speaker is about I don't know eight inches and the and the circle <laughs> on the front is about three and a half inches it, it, they're really substantial speakers they're ever so nice oh fun dubby Dorsey <coughs> excuse me <coughs> that, that frog is back I tell you it's probably taking refuge in my throat because it's so ruddy cold outside. <laughs> Talking of cold, um, Gareth Williams, I'm delighted to say, is, is very pleased with the purchase, which I was one of those what recommended it to him. My grammar is just something to be admired. Gareth brings us the Contigio West Loop Auto Seal Thermal Mug. I remember we've discussed these on the show. I bought one some time ago. Yeah. I brought it to still using. I remember we chatted it with Chris Kelly. And then when Gareth was looking for a, a thermo, thermo, thermostat or a thermostat, I'll try that again. When Gareth was looking for a thermal <laughs> mug recently, um, several of us recommended it to him. And I'm glad to say he's bought one. He says, very brief review, solely down to the mug being flawless. Hot or cold, it holds the temperature perfectly and does exactly as advertised. It's not only practical, functional, and great value but stylish too I opted for the Biscay Bay colour and I'm delighted thank you to the group for the recommendation and I purchased using the TED link there you go score one for the hive mind yeah as I say I've got one of these as well and I can do now but concur I I think it's fabulous and I'm so glad Gareth likes his too you were going to buy one at one point Ted and then you got you balked a bit at the price I did, yeah, because it's thirty quid. And, yeah. and although although everyone's saying it's great value, you've got to really need or want yes. one to to justify paying thirty quid on a one of these devices. And actually, because of the way I live, I don't really need one. Um, but I completely understand no. why other people would. And uh, it absolutely, it's the in it's the I wish I wanted one of those category. Yeah. Yes. I wish I needed one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Right, now, have you got trouble putting your socks on yet? (laughs) Not yet, but I loved the look of this. Not as flexible as you were. (laughs) This is the the simple sock putteronera, which doesn't have a name. (laughs) That's lovely. And I've linked in the show notes to a TikTok video, so warning there if anyone's going to go and do that. It's only a few seconds long, but it is TikTok. Um, Talking of TikTok, that's the place to go if you like prank videos people's doing stupid things to each other on on april fool's day it's it's littered with that it's really tedious anyway um this sock push runner right it's designed for people that can't reach down to put their socks on which might come to all of us um 
and it's like a plastic cage thingy and you put the sock on the cage open up so that the opening is facing you you then use the the stick prodder thingy the stick thingy down to put it down on the floor and then you just kind of pull your foot you push put your foot into the hole where the sock goes and then you pull the plastic thing back across your um foot and up to your ankle you need to see it to kind of work out exactly what what it means um so have a look at the, the very short video on tiktok but it looks great it looks a really simple solution and i'm I mean, sure i, I probably, just have to say I, ted i totally concur i didn't understand a word of what you said but i've watched the video and i agree yeah, with you it is fantastic yeah. and you need to see it visually I'm sure that the OT departments across the country have had these for years. Yes. Um, but I've never seen one before, and I thought I would put it on. So, um, yeah, there you go. Talking of socks, here's a Ted's Top Tip. Oh, should we play the jingle? Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips. Right, yes, talking of socks, um, I reckon that, that a good use for old socks as a Ted's top tip is to use them for mittens for cleaning. Obviously not ones with holes in, but as heels get worn out, for example, like mine tend to do, you've still got a sock there. Put it on your hand and it's a cleaning glove. Perfect. Oh. How many socks? Don't throw your old socks away. Oh, I like that. You've just reminded <laughs> me, I don't remember what it was, but there was a lovely Stephen... Hawking's quote about socks, some joke about black holes, something to do with oh, right. socks and black holes have in common and they've got... I can't remember. If somebody could remember, it, it just proves what a lovely, lovely person Stephen Hawking must have been because he came up with this wonderful joke that was something to do with socks and black holes. But never mind. Okay. Let's have another one of the what? One what? of the good... Hang on a minute. Before you go on, I was going to say, one of the good uses I found with this um, glove, sock turned into cleaning glove, is radiators. Because radiators are quite hard, so you can get your, your fingers into the grooves of a radiator and get right into all the holes very easily. And, and cleaning the front of a radiator yes, is much quicker. And, and Venetian blinds as well, they'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fiendish, so, Tedwood, fiendish. Indeed. And now you can have your jingle. Thank you. Still using, still We haven't heard that one for a while, actually. In fact, we we basically agreed that we weren't still using anything. But I wanted to bring this to the show because <laughs> I've been waiting. You see, I've been a good boy. I've been wanting to bring this to the show all winter long. And no, I was going to get told off if I brought it on less than a year old. So now oh, I yeah. can because I brought this on in <laughs> April 2021. And as of minutes ago, <laughs> it's April 2022. And I want to tell people how happy I am with my Noco Genius G750 UK battery maintainer. Perhaps people remember the saga of my car battery a couple of years ago, that I have a mystery leak in my or a mystery floor, a mystery drain in my car battery. It's been to my garage two or three times. I took it to a specialist car electrical. We don't find the fault. We don't charge you place. They had it there for three days and couldn't find what it was. Something is draining my car battery. No one knows what it is, but I found a workaround, which is this wonderful thing, which is a, basically a trickle charger for batteries. I have it permanently plugged in in the garage and I have the I have the cable coming out under the garage door to where I park my car. And I've I've, I've joked with my mother when I bring her home. I've said it's like having an electric car because I get home, I close the car up and then I plug these two cables together and I'm giving the battery a trickle charge, which means that any charge that it may lose because of the mystery fault is replenished overnight with the trickle charger. And so the next day I get in the car and broom starts up first time. No problems. Um, cost me 20 quid only. Uh, this particular one is no longer available, but there are 
dozens on the web. And, and I think it's fantastic. It absolutely has saved my life for a couple of winters now. Um, keeps the battery trickle charged when it would otherwise go flat. That's terrible, isn't it? How, how old is your car? My car's not even old. My car was new in 2010. So my car is 11 years old. The battery oh, that's is... Quite, that's quite old. Well, it's getting old now, yes. But, I mean, it's not like saying, oh, it's a 30-year-old banger. I mean, and I've kept it in good nick, no. and the battery's in good nick. The, my my uh, car garage man has checked up the battery through more than once and said, your battery's fine, there's nothing wrong with it, there's something in the car causing a drain. It's interesting, because this last week, my dad's car um, had exactly the same problem. Nothing, nothing would, um, there's no electrics on at all, just yeah. out of the blue one day. One day it was working fine, the next it wasn't. And we called out the AA, and the AA bloke came out, tested the battery, all the things you just said. Yeah. And the, the battery is absolutely fine, there's nothing wrong with the battery. And there's this strange drain on the battery yeah. somewhere. So the car's gone back into um, Hyundai because it's still under the five year warranty. Oh, okay. Just, yes. just about. Lovely. It's, 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 yeah. it's on your year four. Um, and, and that was it. That was 10 days ago. They'd given them a courtesy car to run around in, yeah. and um, no word on it. Oh, so well, do, do no keep idea. us informed, Ted. I mean, you may yeah. remember I also brought onto the show, I eventually had to buy quite an expensive, um, uh, what do you call it, um, battery that you keep in the car that you use to jumpstart with. There's a power pack battery that I keep, oh, yeah. which is actually the one the AA have, because having called the AA out literally three or four times, and I was getting to the point where I was no longer going to be allowed to because I'd used up my number of calls per year, I said to the guy, what is this battery you're using? Because all you're doing is turning up and doing a jumpstart. I could do it myself. And I bought the thing, and it was about 200 quid. It was horribly expensive. But again, it's been a godsend. It sits in the back of my car, and if I'm actually away from home and the battery won't yeah. start, I can use this thing in the car starts every time excellent good solutions whatever works eh yeah they're two two still usings for the price of one yeah and i'll add a, i'll add a third one because in december 2018 i bought an addis two tier error and it's still <laughs> working it's great it's really good nine meters of hanging space it's got a clever kind of unfolding mechanism really made of really tough plastic um, you need to tell people get... what a two T error is. It's for drying clothes, isn't it? It sounded yeah, like yeah. it sounded like you bought two tiaras. I thought, hello, <laughs> it's something uh... something you haven't told me. <laughs> An Addis error, um, which you yeah air clothes. Anyway, I can stick this thing out in in the van or on the veranda or wherever wherever the sun is or whatever. And um, it works great. Still using it. Um, it's gone up now. Amazingly, I paid 20 quid for it when I bought it in December 18. But it's now 30 quid. Although it does say that the RRP is 30 quid. So, I don't know. Anyway, I tracked it down. I'll put a link in the show notes <coughs> to this place called Charlie's, whoever they are. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and they're flogging it for 18 Oh, that's better. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Anyway, there's my still using. The Addis two-tier air dryer. Addis stuff is great. Do you know what? I think it's the COVID Putin effect. I think everything is going to start getting more expensive, isn't it? And that's going to be a whinge we're going to have yeah. on the show quite a lot in coming weeks, I can imagine. I think you're right. In which case, tell us something that doesn't cost a lot. What's cheapest chips this week? <laughs> the mini spatula set. Now, you know, previously we were talking about these stupid plastic bottles like salad cream and like 
um, E45 cream or whatever. Yes. Um, where you can't get the bottom oh, yes. of it. Yes. Unless you um, cut the thing open or do something. Anyway, there's this mini spatula set, four ninety nine for a set of four. Different sizes, different lengths, different spatula um, bits on the end. Different colours. Um, just... <laughs> Different color, and you just poke them in to the um, uh, to the the bottle and get the stuff out. That's it, really. That really simple idea. I mean, you could probably make one out of wood or something. It just needs to be thin enough to go in. Um, and glass bottles with stupidly thin necks are no longer a problem. These are great, um, and they're long. I mean, thirty centimeters. That's a foot. These are yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good little things. Um, my Aveeno cream, which I'll come to later, actually, is a really bad offender with this. You can't, it's got a pump dispenser on the top, but it, there yes. comes to a point where it, it won't let you have the dregs. Oh, this, um, my mother anyway. will love, my mother with her make do and mend mentality, uh, and, and, and which I've inherited, is fantastic. Oh, yes. I mean, I love the picture yeah, yeah. on Amazon. There's a picture here uh, showing you what you shouldn't do, which is a, a, a hammer next to a broken <laughs> make- makeup bottle with shards of glass and bits yeah, of makeup everywhere. Yeah. So don't do this. Use our wonderful spatulas. Um, but they are Indeed. good. I, I think I might be tempted with these, Ted. Thank you. Shove it in, scoop it out. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. <laughs> oh, dear me. What do you want this week, Ted? <laughs> Super-looking, all-encompassing tool drill outfit. So, here's the Dallin Modular Power Tool, which offers 12, uh, 12 functions in one portable system, says the blurb. And, it's yeah, it's basically... I mean, the, the people have got these already, I know, but this is a particularly flexible-looking one, which is available on, um, on what's it called, Kickstarter. Um, and it's going to be pretty expensive by the looks of it, but it looks like a really good kit. So it's got a drill... So you, you have a base... Um, you have a basic thingy, body, don't you? With, and then you yeah, add to it. body, yes. with, with a, with a um, chargeable, rechargeable battery or whatever. And then you add to it. Drill, saw, sander, hammer drill, jigsaw head, impact driver, grinder, LED light, router head. <laughs> What's a router head? Uh, router yeah, head? What, exactly. No idea. Don't know what that is. Vacuum cleaner, auto scissors head. Oh, yeah, that looks fun. Um, for a, some torture activities. Auto hammer head and air pump. So, the bottom line is loads and loads of tools for this one um, power tool setup. It looks like it's going to cost um, 327 quid, and it's currently doing the rounds on Kickstarter, as they say. Should be available from um, the summer in 2022. Um, I don't know about these kind of tools. I, I'm guessing that someone's going to pop up and say, ah, we've got these already. Um and yeah, um, who so and so make one, yeah. and so and so, you know. So if that's true, then fair enough. But this caught my eye, and I thought I'd bring it to the show. So let us know if you've got other ones that are currently not three hundred and twenty-seven quid and are available and not on Kickstarter. But it looks like a great tool, don't you think? A router table is a stationary woodworking machine in which a vertically orientated spindle of a woodworking router protrudes from the machine table and can be spun at speeds typically between 3,000 and 24,000 revs per minute. Really? Uh, so it's like it's like a um, it's like a um, pottery a, wheel. a whittling thing. I've some sort. I mean, right. to, to be honest, I mean this looks lovely, and I certainly would want one of these. I think to a dedicated professional DIY person, they're going to poo-poo it completely and say, "No, no, no, you need specialist tools." But to yeah, the yeah. average home DIYist, I think this is great fun. 
I mean, yeah. I remember there was that modular phone that you and Steve used to talk about a lot on the phone show, oh, which yeah. sounded like a great idea. And the idea of modularity, of having a basic thing to which you can then add and subtract mm. other pieces. Yeah, I, I do like the sound of this. I think, That's as I great. say, I don't think it's something for the high-end professional, but for the likes of you and I, I think this is great fun and I want one too. Indeed. And secondly... Um, I, you know how I hate wearing watches. I've, t I've banged on about yeah, it. Yeah, I know you're weird. And one of the <laughs> one of the big reasons why is because watches tend to just be too fat, and bulky, and thick, and horrible. Anyway, that's all changed now because Bulgari Octo Fis Finissimo Ultra. Oh, there, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world's thinnest mechanical watch. Now I did put this. Um, in the MeWe group. So if you want to have a look yes, at this, you can have yes, a look at I it. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Yes, it, does. it looks as really, really thin. I can't believe that all that mechanical working um, is, I presume, well, it must be automatic. So it movement will um, keep it going. Yes. Um, and it just looks like a million dollars, which is probably what it costs. How much does it, cost? <laughs> um, it does look fantastic. Oh, 400,000 You're close costs. then, half a million. Wow. I mean, it, it is lovely. Do you know what? I mean, I'm so sorry, and I, I don't want to be the person who says this, but I wouldn't mind if it was thicker. I love the beauty of it. The, I love the aesthetic <laughs> of it, and I share your enjoyment of looking at the pictures and thinking how beautiful it is. But to me, it, it can still be beautiful, but twice as thick as it is. But, yeah, but that's that's my particular problem because I, that that's the as I say yes, that's the main reason yes. that I just can't stand it on my wrist. I mean, I love the idea it that it's probably yes, it's probably no thicker than the strap that's holding it, which it is yeah, lovely. Yeah. It is a lovely yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not you know the fact that I'm stupid and don't like it. Ignore that because it is a gorgeous thing. Well, you don't have to be stupid to not like it. But the <laughs> but the, the the point is that you might be in a minority. Okay, let's say I'm just stupid anyway. Whether or not I like it, I'm stupid. Anyway, there you go. It's uh, as far as I'm concerned, I definitely want one of these. I would love one of these, and that's the kind of thing that might get me back into watch wearing because it's so gorgeous. Oh, now that would so be a good thin. day. That would be that would please yeah. me muchly. This one has annoyed me constantly, and I think it's because I've been lucky enough to have worked and driven in other countries and experienced driving in other countries. Um, it's UK drivers and roundabouts. I can do this quickly because we could, you know, we could dedicate an entire show to whinging and bitching about driving and who's a good driver and who's a bad driver. And I know everybody thinks they're the better driver than everyone else and no one's right. Why can't UK drivers understand that there are lanes at roundabouts? You arrive at a roundabout and most, though not all, roundabouts on major busy roads will have at least a couple of lanes and you use the lane. If you're turning immediately left, you use the left-hand lane. If you're going round the roundabout, you use the right-hand lane. The number of times I've arrived at roundabouts and there's a huge lemming queue of drivers in one lane and I just go flying up the other lane and straight into the roundabout and off I go on my journey or you get drivers who get to roundabouts and they're going to turn left 
but they sit there and they're nervous and they're worried and they're nervous and cars are going round and round and round the roundabout and eventually they pluck up the courage and they just turn left, which they could have done in the first place because the cars going around and round and round about have got nothing to do with the turn they're going to make. That's it. I just wanted to have a whinge and I've got it off my chest now. I wish the UK... <laughs> I wish drivers in the UK would understand about lanes at roundabouts. The only good thing, to my advantage, is we have such a roundabout leaving Tesco. Um, it is quite an... It's a one-lane road, but as it approaches the roundabout, it splits just before the roundabout into two lanes. But the lemming shoppers from Tesco's don't realise this. And if there is a clear run, and I can see that it's safe to do so, I just stick my right indicator on, pull out, move into the right-hand lane, and off I go, leaving all the lemmings behind me. It doesn't make me special, um, and I don't think it even makes me a dangerous driver because I do it with due care and attention. It just means that I'm paying attention and using the lanes as opposed to just sitting there and not. There we are. Thank you. I've finished now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll I, I tell you, the, this, the roundabouts were the the only thing about driving in France, I remember, that was that confused me. Right. I had to really think about roundabouts as I approached them. And it did, it made you think, that, right, OK, I've got to work this out. Um, I'm going to turn left here, um, and we're on the um, foreign road system, so I've got to be in the left-hand lane to turn left. And yet, as I approached the roundabout, I remember very clearly having to work yes, it all yes. out. Whereas, whereas all the other junctions and all the other driving was absolutely fine. It, it was just roundabouts. So maybe they are just confusing for people. Yeah, I, 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 I think it comes back to that thing that we've talked about, for instance, people shopping in Tesco, people just not being aware of others around them in the world. I guess it's whether you're in a car or you're on foot or you're on a bicycle or you're on a horse. You just think I'm in the world and I can go where I want and I can stop when I want and turn where I want and everybody else. Never mind. It's just this like be aware of others around you. There, That's yeah, yeah, my take home yeah, for today. Be aware of others around you. One of the things that also, um, I don't know if you, you don't live in a, a seaside town like me. No, but, but we have seagulls, which is weird. We've, we've got seagulls <laughs> right. these days, but I'm sorry, that's by the by. Mm. <laughs> OK. Um, one of the things, because I've, I've mostly lived in seaside towns, mm -hmm. and one of the things you realise is that how dangerous old people are driving can be. <laughs> yes, not, yes. Not all no, of them. But, OK, fair but, enough. But, but generally speaking... And one of the big problems I found is that they they just, apart from anything else they do, they, just like you described about being nervous about turning left, they sit at junctions yes. for far too long. And they drive with 25 cars behind them at like 20 miles an hour in third gear when they, you know, they're, they're not keeping up with the flow of traffic. And I, and I do wonder about this whole testing people who are older to be safe to drive on roads. I really do. And when you live in a place like I do... Um, particularly where people retire to, it, it's more and more obvious. The, the amount of really, really dangerous, poor driving I see. But, I mean, you can't do anything about it. Well, what are you supposed to do? Go and phone the police? Or yes, I... it is very difficult. And, and you know, you, you, your heart goes out to them because they're elderly and they're no longer capable yeah, of making yeah. the quick decisions. But you have to say, well, if you cannot make the quick decisions required for safe and, and competent driving, then perhaps it is time to hang up your licence, yes. But many of them won't because they live in a generation where having a car and motoring was the whole thing. It was a status thing, and and it was it was anyway. There you go. Yes. Particularly the men. Talking of motoring, we veered off course slightly there. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Mail collections. Now oh. I was praising. I was praising Royal Mail collections. You was indeed. They come, yes. They they come to your house for seventy two p, and well, in fact, it's gone down now. It's sixty p. Um, <clears throat> 
and they collect your um, your item for you. And they have now started doing this no print label option. So you you just put the box inside the door, wait for the postman to arrive or post woman, post operative um, to arrive, and they bring the label with you and stick it on the box. Ah. Great, and they take it away. You don't even have to get turn your printer on. Okay. That's the theory. And it usually works okay. But this one occasion, we have a parcel box outside the house um, where Amazon dumps stuff in normally. Um, and this... Um, oh, before I go on, I need to say that when you book the collection of your no-print label thingy, it also says... There's a, there's an option to say where you've left it or will there oh, be yes, someone yes, there? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah? yeah. And so so I always say, yes, there'll be someone in the house to to give it to you. Anyway... This one post-operative one day comes along to the house, opens the parcel box, even though I've marked the box that says there'll be someone there, takes out an Amazon parcel that's just been delivered, <laughs> gets their sticky label, sticks it on the Amazon parcel, and off they go back to their van. Oh, I prefer... <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got your problem. And so, um, they, so, so anyway... Fortunately, my mum was on the ball and saw what was going on and um, shouted out the window. She, by this time, this woman had got back to the van, was just loading the parcels oh, in. Good oh, hang on, grief. you got the wrong parcel. Oh. It's inside. That's our Amazon delivery. Oh. Did she not recognise uh, an Amazon delivery? I suppose maybe people reuse the envelopes. Yes, go yeah, on. Oh, yeah, dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we, um, we we got we got away with it, but that could have been. So the person that I was sending a a, a lovely phone to might have got our Amazon kind of whatever it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh dear, so, that's a good. Uh, one. It's a it's a kind of um, tongue in cheek um, room one in one. 101 really because normally they're really really good but but there is a danger of that with yes collection the unknown boxes. operative goes into room 101. Yes, indeed. Gareth Williams on Amazon's Android app. Now, and I haven't read this one, so watch me stumble. Scrolling <laughs> difficulties on Amazon wishlist on the Android. Oh, yeah, that was it. So he's been using the Amazon Android app and he's been experiencing scrolling difficulties. And I tested this across four phones. He, Sorry, he tested it across four phones. I tested it across another two or three. And sure enough, he's quite right. When you go into wish lists and lists of any kind on Amazon, on the um, the, the Android app, it does kind of jutter and stutter, and it's not very good. So test that out, folks, for yourselves. But I'm with Gareth on that. There's there's something um, you know going wrong with their app. They need to um, they need to sort that one out. I will not let myself use the app, and I will not let myself have wish lists, only because I don't want to spend so much money. I don't want to yeah. do anything. I don't even have Amazon in my favourites on my PC. I have. I force myself to type the title into Google every time I want to go to the website because I don't want to be spending so much money. <laughs> uh, on that very topic, and while we have our pitchforks out, says Matthew Jones... He wants to complain also about Amazon's search algorithms. On eBay, I find it pretty easy to drill down and find exactly what I want. Whereas with Amazon, no matter how much I refine my search, it still manages to throw in enough of those garbage, presumably sponsored junk, um, that I filtered out to make the whole exercise pointless on most occasions. And I do agree with this. Um, this this is particularly true of searching for mobile phones. So you, you search for, I don't know, Samsung Galaxy S10 or something, um, 
and you just get loads of Uli phones and black phones <laughs> and Uki tells and Doogie yes, phones. Yes, and, and the whole result thing is littered with the ones that they're pushing and the ones that they presumably are getting sponsorship for to push out use, which, and I agree with Matthew, it does make the whole search thing really, really tedious to use. And he's also right, on eBay, they do that properly. When you search on eBay, it's very, very specific when you get your yes, results Yes, yes, I would, I much prefer a result that says we've only found one item or we can't find that item yeah. rather than oh how about these 480 items we found instead yes Indeed. totally concur with that i tell you what i also need to throw in a shout for is the um i forget what the thing's actually called there's a price history plugin that you can put onto amazon which i think you brought to the show ted which i find very useful that gives you oh yeah keeper keeper yeah i'm finding keeper very yeah. useful on amazon enjoying that very much yeah yeah definitely it's a good shout Ian Barton uh, wants to have a quick whinge about media coverage of the Oscars. Ian says, I accept that there may be a few people who care who won the title for most annoying actor, frock of the year, most boring <laughs> film of the decade. However, beyond a mild interest in such rubbish, most of the population doesn't care. Please, can we keep the blanket coverage of this event to a slot at 3am on BBC4? <laughs> Goodness, don't, don't be too kind, will you, Ian? And not saturate BBC one with coverage. This does go for a lot of stuff, really. I think we've talked about it before, yeah. including World Cup football and, and Wimbledon tennis and elections and wars and pandemics. That's right. All with varying degrees of interest. And it, and it, and it also depends on what else is going on. I, I've, I've noticed how blanket coverage of Ukraine, for example, has slowly slipped away now from the headlines. So as, they're on to something else and it, it's gone. And yeah, the, the, the whole Oscars thing, he's quite right, particularly with this stupid slap thing going yes. on. Um, which I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, is a setup. I, I know that that's probably not um, what everyone else thinks, but yeah. I, I think that's a setup. I think that's showmanship, and they've and they've and they've done that in order to um, in order to, to to grab the line. Anyway, that's another matter. But um, yes, I agree, Ian. Uh, and, but I guess you won't. Well, I do, and I don't. I, I think um, it, it comes down to you can't please all of the people all of the time. And I think, like films and like music, it's personal taste. Um, I mean, I disagree with Ian that only a few people are interested in the Oscars. I think there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are extremely interested in the Oscars. And then again, there are millions of people who are interested in football, and I personally wouldn't give a hoot if there was never another football <laughs> match on television ever. It, it comes down to different people preferring different things. Convert. I would walk. I would walk a million miles in the rain to watch a program about Stephen Sondheim. But how many others would do that? I think it, it, you you have to try and please all the people all the time, which is impossible. So I. With great respect, I can't I can't concur with Ian saying no one likes the Oscars. You don't like the Oscars? Fine. Other people no, do. But they, the, the point the point is though that they go over the top. So if there was a Stephen Stephen Sondheim um, weekend going on, then you wouldn't expect. All the channels of all yes. the TV, every no, I, I can I understand that, but you also, know. I mean, I, I can't speak for this year because I didn't actually pay any interest in it myself, and I've had a busy week. But to my knowledge, in previous years, the Oscars are not covered on television and if you want to watch the Oscars it's very hard and you have to do it streaming online because the British television do not cover the Oscars at all so maybe well, maybe that was different this year so no disrespect yeah, it, to it and I think you know. 
and I think the reason it's different is because of this stupid slap incident, because the, the all of the channels, yes. particularly BBC, but then that's, are all But that's over not it. what Ian's saying. I mean, that's that's something that happened at the Oscars that's being covered post. Ian is talking about the Oscars themselves. But there we are. I just think it's nobody's right and nobody's wrong. Everybody has different taste. That's all I think it is. I, I, I'm not sure he is saying that. I, I beg to differ because the... Uh, well, OK, the, the actual event itself. Um, right, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 but I, I took from this to, to be meaning that it's just like... Um, every news bulletin for the next three or four days it, um, but but I still maintain it was because of the slap enough enough I'm having the last word yes. <laughs> <coughs> okay, we, we've we've filled I think rumor on our one is overflowing this show we better be nice yeah. and give someone a gold star I mentioned Aviva, Avino earlier. Avino, I'll say that again. I mentioned uh, Avino <laughs> in relation to um, getting the cream out of the bottom. Oh, that's of the thing. right. Anyway, you said you weren't going to bore us with it, and now you are. <laughs> I want to. I want to give them a um, a gold star because this cream, this Avino cream, moisturizer cream, is really good. I don't know about you, but I'm, I seem to be getting to the age when, if the weather's cold, my hands all crack. Oh, I love a bit of and, hand cream. Oh, yes, I'm with you yeah. there. It sounds very feminine, I know, but they, but actually, my hands, um, my knuckles particularly, they get splits in mm -hmm. them. The, the skin just splits. Anyway, oh, isn't that painful? I mean, I get them, with, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, I use them because of the gardening that I do. And um, right. goodness, I had the skin split on my thumb a while back, and that was really painful for several yeah, days. Yeah. Yes, oh, I'm totally with you, well, totally with you. Anyway, this Aveeno stuff, I find that it works post-hoc de proc. So you don't need to be proactive with it, um, like you do, say, with E45 or, or normal hand screen, creams. You can actually put it on afterwards. Mm -hmm. when, when the split's there, it repairs it really quickly, really nicely. Forget about all this um, E45 and other stuff. It actually works really, really well and very quickly. And, you, and like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a post-active product and not a pre-active yes. um, product. If you, if yes, you I do, yes. It's not cheap, but you don't have to use much of it. So it works really well. You can also get it on prescription. If you live in Wales and prescriptions are free, then it's worth it. Wow. Because it's £8.50. Because um, it's not cheap, yeah. £8.50 for 500 mils. And there's another one as well called Cetra Ben, which um, works very, very similarly. Uh, similar price as well. Um, it's. I mean, these things are supposed to be for things like eczema, yes. which is why you can get it on on prescription um, if it's worth it in terms of price. It is in Wales, obviously, um, and they do a really good job. And and you don't need to just keep putting them on all the time, day in day out. So Avino particularly, and also Cetrapen, uh, the two of them. Cetraben, the two of them. And then you'll have beautiful hands like Aidan and Ted. Yes, indeed. It's it is something I, I know. I'm nearly sixty now, and it is my skin is one thing that I've noticed that is is getting just crackly and wrinkly, and particularly my hands, and particularly when the weather's cold, obviously, mm -hmm. and it, they just split. Anyway, um, at the risk of turning this into house party, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's call a, a, a truce on it. Shall I we? think we're there. I think we got through April the first without doing an April Fool's, or did we? Which one of our items wasn't true? No, no, seriously, we haven't put anything in, at least not that I know of, unless you snuck something into the recording notes without telling me, Ted. I think it's all genuine. 
Perhaps it's a $400,000 watch. (laughs) We'll be back in two weeks with a more sensible show without any risk of anything stupid. Which is unlikely. Whateverworks.works is our website. TedSalmon.com is for me and where you'll find links out to all the MeWe groups, all the audio podcasts, everything I'm involved in and everything we do. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden and all his stuff and what he does and how you can book him up for your panto and other work indeed, like um, doing a video on your boat. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Would you like to be my agent? <laughs> Uh, MeWe Group is where you'll find us as well, of course. Do let us know whatever works in your life, and we'll bring the highlights of that to shows to come, the first of which will be in two weeks' time. So that's about it. Any last words from you? I don't think so. We got through it. <laughs> Jolly good. So um, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. And finally, don't forget... Whatever, whatever works, works, doesn't works. work. April Fool! <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> uh,